So what do the rich do? They spend less than they earn and they invest the rest. Because once you control your money, you're halfway to controlling your life. And that's a lesson from Jasmine Bertels, owner of moneymagpie.com, financial and business journalist, TV presenter, and an all-round incredible human being that's standing up for you, your business, and what matters most in life. Let's do this. Okay, Jasmine, let's talk about something that's so important for the health of the nation, Mm -hmm. personal finance. You know, that's a big cause of stress for a lot of people. Mm. Um, where, do, where does someone start when they start to look at the personal finances? Oh, that is a, that's a huge question um, because it depends what sort of state you're in when you do that. But generally, when people start looking at their finances, it's because they have to. It's because everything's a gone. Stress position. Yeah, stress position. Absolutely. Because let's be honest. I would say 99% of us in this country have not been taught how to manage their money, including me. Nobody taught me. My parents said, keep out of debt. So, of course, I got into debt first time (laughs) I got a credit card. You know, why wouldn't you? Um, So we don't know anything. We're thrown out into the world quite often as a student or or just, you know, as as a young adult. Go, you cope. Here's a credit card. Here's some loads. Oh, look, you've got lots of money. Would you like a car? Would you? And, you know, you think, yay, all your birthdays and Christmases come to, at once. It doesn't occur to you on the whole that you have to pay it back and with interest, which, of course, is rent. You know, when they, they talk about borrowing money, you don't. You rent it and it costs you in terms of interest to rent that money and suddenly what happens and I speak from bitter experience myself um, because I've been in debt in the past some time ago now um, suddenly it it, it hits you that not only are you in debt but you're in massive debt and how did it happen where did it come from it just happens in like six months or something suddenly it balloons into something you think I can't cope with this so it's usually at that point that you think oh I better sort of have a look at this and what I often say to people, you know, regularly, because I do get asked, you know, what can I do? What I can, by friends sometimes, what can I do? I say, right, get a friend. All right, you know, if it's a friend of mine, I say, I'll pop round, um, hold your hand, literally sometimes, and we'll get all your statements out. We'll have a look. We'll look at, look at your bills. We'll open those horrible letters that you've probably stuffed in the drawer. Most people do. You don't want to have a look at it, and we'll just take a, an audit of what it is and. I would say every single time I've done that, which isn't a lot, but, you know, I hear from other people as well when they've done it, it's never quite as bad as you think. It's usually bad, but not not as terrible as you think, you know. So what I, what usually happens is you, you see, okay, I, I'm, le- I'm borrowing money from that lot and I've, I've got a debt with that one, that one, that one, and this, is, oh, and I look, I've got savings because I'm sensible. I've put money into <laughs> savings, of course. However, the amount I'm getting on my savings is not even half what I'm paying on my debts. Oh, um, so then you can go, all right, then, those are the, which are the most expensive debts? Uh, and it's probably your credit card um, or possibly car finance if you've got that. So then you think, right, I'll put as much money as I can into that, maybe take out m- most of my savings because, you know, what's the point? I'm yeah. losing money. Put that into there and pay the minimum on the rest. And then once I've paid that, that expensive one off, doesn't matter how much you've got is the interest rate. Then you throw all your money at the next one. The next, one. that's what I did. That when I I was ten grand in debt a few years. It was when would it be? Ninety nine, I think. Ninety nine, two thousand. Um, and and I just suddenly thought, stop. Just I've got I've got to deal with this. So I worked literally seven days a week. I'm freelance, so I can. I worked seven days a week. I didn't buy anything. I didn't go anywhere really, unless someone else was paying or it was free. And yeah, I paid it off in the, in a year. I just went for it. It's interesting, though, the, you said a number of things in there. Mm. Number one, your sit, uh, story that you said at the end, number one, I stopped. Yeah. I just had mm. to stop. Yeah. So there's that that mm-hmm. moment where you have to stop. Yeah. But then the story that you told about when your friends were stressed mm-hmm. with um, or couldn't cope with the, the financial situation, first thing you did, you went and held a hand. Yeah. That's a bit of reassurance, yeah. Well, yeah, it is because money is so emotional. Yes. Because it, it's a crazy thing, isn't it? Because you think money, and, and in the sort of quiet, calm of normal day, you think, oh, m- that's numbers, which it is, you know. But what it also is, and what sort of 
messes you up is is emotion um it does something really visceral to to individuals if you've got a lot or if you've got you know minus amount and even people who've got a lot a lot of them feel poor it's weird it's a weird thing you know it really really isn't about the numbers it's about how you feel about it and in fact um uh, another thing that um, I say, I, I do money management workshops um, as well as you know yeah. teaching people through my website, Money Magpie. Um, but one of the things I, I suggest people do is do a, a, um, a, a just a, a list. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, oh, spending diary, that's what it's called. Do a spending diary once every few years. Um, so when you're out, do, ideally do this for a whole month, either take a uh, just a notebook with you or the, there are some apps that will help you do it and you just basically note down everything you spend if it's a coffee if it's a magazine if it's a taxi whatever you write down everything you spend and then you also add in some of the bills that you're paying as well or all the bills you're paying and then at the end of the month you can see where your money's been going now um alvin hall who used to do your money or your life or something like you know tv series he's american and he used to go write down how am i feeling how am I feeling? Because money is emotional. And, and as he said, and, and I say, um, quite often we make stupid decisions. We spend stupid money on stupid things because we're a bit down, because we're confused, because we're harassed, you know, all sorts of things. Now, I have to say, doing that didn't work with me. I, you know, I'd go, tea and cake, feel all right. You know, <laughs> so it actually doesn't work for everybody. But, but that's why he did it, because we, we do make stupid, irrational decisions. So do very rich people. So do clever investors. Really, really yeah. irrational decisions because of emotion, fear or greed, usually. I was, I want to say taught, but I heard this from someone. I thought, oh, that resonates. So I'll see what you think about this. You're the expert on finance <laughs> money here. So there's three types of money. Mm. There's wasted money. Mm-hmm. There's spent money mm-hmm. and there's invested money. Yep. Yep. And then this, this person, he said, what do you want more of? Mm. And of course, you choose the invested money. Eh? Mm-hmm. Of course mm-hmm. you do. I mean, yeah. we're all guilty of spending money. Rich people, you said, make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Poor people mm-hmm. make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Wasting money, spending money. What's the difference between wasting and spending, do you think? Well, I think it, it's about what matters to you uh, and and money that you've thought about spending so you know as you, it's all about balance and as you say investing for your future is really important but spending now is really important the thing is i think what we're still not aware of is that it's war out there we are in a, a very unequal war yeah. with um online shops and services high street shops and services um governments even they're all wanting us to spend they don't care whether we want to spend it. They don't care whether it's good for us. And just spend the money. They're going to spend the money. So it's it's actually important for us on a daily basis to just have a little sort of mental thing going at the back of your mind. Do I really want this? Do, is it, do, I, need, well, do I need it for a start? Okay, I don't, might not need it, but do I want it? Is it, is it really going to make me happy? Is, is it something that I need? Or is it something that that person needs? You know, it might be something you need to, that's helpful to buy for someone else. Or am I just on autopilot? Because, you know, you know what it's like, for example, supermarkets, they're really good at this. You know, they have psychologists working for them. They know that when we go through the door, on the whole, we tend to turn right. So they put a lot of the sort of stuff they want to sell. You don't need it necessarily, but they want to sell it. So they'll put it, you know, in your eye. Why is it on the right? Is is it? Human beings. Don't know. Don't know. Maybe because most of us are right handed. I don't know, but that's what, you know, they, they have these people who watch your footfall and, yeah. and see where you go. And so, you know, at the front of those, you know, if you've got aisles, yeah. the, the front bit, that's that's really prime real estate in a supermarket because apparently we're, you know, we notice that. So there's lots of offers, which are not really offers, you know, whoever it is, whatever brand it is, has paid good money to be there. Yeah. They'll put the expensive stuff at eye line, they'll put the less expensive stuff up there or down there. They'll have those smells. It's a bit like Vegas much of the time because there's no windows. You know, you go into a supermarket, you'll have noticed there's hardly any windows. So you don't really, you know. (laughs) I've never heard of that comparison. It's like Vegas. I like it. (laughs) You know, because once you can't see the the, the sun, you you start to sort of forget where you are and who you are. And you're like, yeah, I'm not one of those. I've done this. You know, I've come out of Sainsbury's, big one, with a massive thing of, of shopping. And I think, 
I live on my own. Why have I got all of that? <laughs> but a lot of it was, you know, nice stuff, which I never use for, for the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah, look, I love, I love your passion on this subject. And for somebody that, because finances do cause stress, there's mm, no doubt about yeah. it. It wakes people up in the middle of the Absolutely. night. It makes them ill. It, Literally, literally makes them ill. Some some GP um, surgeries now have debt advisors actually working, you know, one or two days a week because they have so many people who are physically as well as mentally ill because of the because of money problems. Yes, yeah, is, is there anything that el anything else that people can do besides that? You know, mm. the logical conversation. Yeah. And, and I loved what you said. It was really reassuring because the fear of it. Yeah. is actually a bit worse than what it actually is. It really is. It really is. And, and I've spoken to like highly intelligent, well-known people. Um, in fact, I, I was on a radio, <clears throat> no, TV, BBC TV program recently, Gabby Roslin. She's a highly intelligent, very successful woman. She said, you know, just the idea of money makes me go, oh, I can't think, you know, bless her. And, and that's normal, sadly, because I think because... We haven't been taught it at school. We haven't been taught it by our parents. If we have been taught anything by our parents, it's usually something not helpful. You know, you'll have one parent who's a spender and another one is, yeah. is really tight and, and worried about it. And, you know, maybe um, they've, they've lost money and, and it's made the family, you know, who knows? Is, who knows that, is that the norm, by the way? Usually one's a spender, usually one's a little bit tighter. Yes, yes. Is it? It is. You, you get that a lot. And quite often one, one really has no interest in it at all. And the other one's going, what, what do you spend that for? And, and then another thing is when, when you have um, a couple, you'll have, everyone has a different view of what's important to spend on. So, you know, you would have, here's a very obvious example. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking a friend of mine, he, he only buys tools. He's got hundreds and hundreds of tools, he loves them. And, and he tells me, oh, I've just bought this. And his girlfriend, just thinks it's appalling but she's got six million shoes you know and he doesn't so quite often you've got that where they do not understand the importance of whatever it is yeah. that the other one is buying i need the shoes yeah exactly yeah it's only like uh it's only like me saying i need a new toy like yeah. a new ipad or yes you know yeah. i can't remember the exact phrase but it, it basically said this and it was a it was a it was a sexist joke about men, so I'm qualified to, to say it. You know, um, the older I get, the bigger the toys get, basically. Yeah, yeah. no, know? it's true. The Absolutely. bigger and more expensive more the expensive. toys get. Yes, it's yes. It's such a manly type thing, that. <laughs> it is. Go. Well, we're all doing it. The other thing is some you do get one that will be so hopeless that they're in permanent debt. And again, I'm thinking friends of mine, um, where, where he is, he just has no interest. And... No, I, I have to not talk to him about his money because I'm like, and his wife is a really good businesswoman. So it got to the point where she just took over the finances. And, and that's quite a sensible way to do it. Um, where it doesn't matter who it is, male, female, whatever. Usually one of you is better than the other or less yeah. rubbish than the other so at managing money. So they should put take them in charge. It. Yeah, put them in charge. Why not? They're responsible for yeah. the personal finances. Yes, yes. You know, because it, look, in, in business, you've got a business budget, yeah? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In personal, you've got a personal budget. Yeah. How, how many people, what percentage of people do you think actually have got an official written down personal budget? I'd say about 1%. 1%? No way. It's got <laughs> well, to be more than one. It's got, I can't be, maybe, oh, just. But you're, you're qualified to answer that, yeah, not me. Yeah, I mean, the reason I say that is is when I do um, my, my workshops and things, I'll, I'll get people to, to put up their hands that, you know, who does a budget? Because I talk about doing a budget, which is a horrible word, let's be honest, like yeah. pension, you know, I really need to think of a new word Forecast. for that. Forecast, that's a good one, yes. Well, they use it in business, don't they? Yeah. Anything, anything that's... Uh, a forecast is future looking. It is future. A yes. report is backward looking. Right. Yes. Bring your history in with you. You know, let's let's find out what there. But let's now project the future as bright as you want it to be. Oh, that's that's a nice. One. Thank you. I'll use that yeah. because I ask them to put up their hands if they do a budget, and you have like two or three, yeah. and I go, "Are you a parent?" Yes. So that's usually, you know, by the time you're a yeah. parent, you think, "Oh, out some budget." The really best way to predict doing. your future is to create your future, and that's what we're going to do that's in it. this workshop. Right now, yes, everybody is going to create your future finances like it. that you're all yes. uniquely in charge of. There you go. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's really good. Because, I mean, frankly, if you can do your budget for yourself and, as you say, for a business, 
it's not that much more to do it for a whole country, really. So, you know, if we had more and more of us that were good at our I own basic budgeting. <laughs> it's not that much more to do it for a whole country. Well, it isn't, is it? I mean, you know, you look at what they're doing, I think, well, there are a few people I can think of who could genuinely do a better better job than that because yeah, they know you, how to budget. You keep speaking passionately. Mm-hmm. You carry on that. So, I mean, let, let's talk about a few other things that's, you know, in society, mortgages. Mm. Mm-hmm. Current mortgage rates is, yeah. uh, there's a lot of eyes on that right now. Yeah, what's happening? What's your opinion on that? I've been saying for oh, a few years now that um, the Bank of England, essentially the government, has been entirely wrong, entirely wrong to lockdown, firstly. I was very, and, and still am, very against lockdown. Secondly, very, very wrong to print money like it was going out of fashion. Quantitative easing, as yeah. you know, that lovely, helpful world. Quantitative easing is a silly word. But anyway, it means printing money. Um, that has created inflation, in my yeah. view. And the governor of the Bank of England, uh, Andrew Bailey, said a couple of years, a year and a half ago, printing money does not create inflation. And I'm shouting at the television, going, yes, it does. So because of that, we had inflation. And it happened not just in this country, but in various other countries around the world. And traditionally, traditionally, the way to reduce inflation is to make it more expensive to borrow yes. money. So you put the interest rate up. So the Bank of England puts up their base rate. That means it's more expensive for the banks to borrow from them. So they put up the rate for you know, the rest of us. In theory, it puts up our savings rates. But funny, funny that it doesn't, savings rates don't go up anything like <laughs> what mortgage rates go Strange, extraordinary. Who would have thought? Um, the thing is that because really it's it's money printing um, and together with um, supply chain issues that I consider have created the inflation that we're ha- having now, it's not about a buoyant economy where everyone is out there splashing their cash, buying stuff all the time. Making it more expensive to borrow, I consider, is not going to be work. Not going to work. It's not helpful. I think inflation is going to come down for a bit anyway because the supply chains have improved um, and people really are, you know uh, there's so much there are so many pressures on people's money quite apart from borrowing it that that they are genuinely spending less um, I but I don't think that doing what they're doing at the moment using this traditional old tool to met, to bring inflation down I don't think it'll work I think it's going to cause immense amount of heartache and pain for a lot of families people who are already struggling with all the the extreme you know bill increases um, I'm I'm against it and keep saying that I'm against it but um, hmm, Bank of England's not listening <laughs> so what do you what do you predict then in the in the short medium and long term then for mortgages for people that's listening to it right now um Right now, so um, from what I can see, what they're saying is that core inflation is not moving. The the headline sort of CPI, the um, Consumer Prices Index, helpfully, again, there are lots of ways of, of working out inflation, different, you know, the CPI, the RPI, just makes it more complicated. That seems to be what they like. So we use the CPI, the Consumer Prices Index. So that seems to be edging down. But the, the basic inflation, really, what's, what you could describe as real inflation, our real costs, isn't budging. I think they are going to continue to put interest rates up. Um, For I, how long? Yeah, good question. See, this is right. Yeah, are we talking my, 12 months, 24 months, less than that? I think this year they will keep putting right. it up. I, I, think, I don't think they will next year. They're saying that inflation will come down last next year properly but you know they've been saying everything wrong so far so i'm not taking much notice of that but um i think over the next two or three months they will continue to put in put interest rates up because literally i don't think they care i I, you know they bank of england um government members uh, you know they just see it as collateral damage really um and they are talking to the banks to, to ask them to, to be more lenient, to be more flexible. But there's only so far that, that they can go. You know, if, if the banks are saying, well, you know, we can't, we can't do this, we can't do this. Here are people who will probably not be paying their mortgages. They're, they've already got a, you know, some people, more people who are not paying their mortgages, but there are going to be a lot more going forward. So, yeah, um, I think we're going to see 
a lot of pain and heartache that could have been avoided, frankly. What, what impact have you seen all inflation has had on business businesses? Well, actually, yes, this is a very good point because, you know, again, when, I, when I'm talking about raising interest rates, I don't just talk about mortgages. I talk about small businesses, particularly yeah. bigger businesses tend, not always, but tend to have more of a sort of a margin. Yeah. Small businesses don't. So that is something that's, that is hitting small businesses and will horribly, I think, in the next couple of years at least, just the, the interest. But... Apart from that inflation, what I've seen is it's been hitting high street operations, particularly particularly food outlets, fish and chip shops. Who, who'd have thought, you know, they, fish and chip shops and pubs, particularly, I've heard of having more problems than others. Yeah. Fish has gone up a lot. Oil has gone up, you know, alcohol very much. It, so it, does, it, it, it seems weird in society, actually, because like, I've got a family and mm. Uh, the kids, I've yeah. you know, got twins that are seven oh, and a five-year-old yeah. as well. Yeah. They can have a listen to this yeah. podcast, by the way. <laughs> so well, I took them for fish and chips the other day. Yeah. And um, my my first thing in my mind is, wow, look at the prices yes. of, of you know, what it costs yeah. for a family of five. Maybe £40, maybe £45 yes. for having takeaway fish and chips, mm-hmm. which is massively, it massive is. inflation. It, it is. And, and that's the point. It's going to get to the point where... Families like yours think, well, we were doing it once a month. We'll do it now once a quarter, you know, and everyone's going to do that. And, uh, you know, fair enough. I mean, you've got to look after your family first. And and that's one of the things that I I find I'm sort of in the middle because much of the time I'm speaking to consumers. But I also work with with small businesses and I am a small business myself and I run a small business. So, you know, while I'm saying to individuals and families, watch your pennies, don't go out, make your own takeaways, all of that. I'm thinking, I'm taking business away from, from the small businesses. I've, I've always know. tried to look after my local type mm, thing. Mm, you know, this, yeah. I don't know where the mindset comes from, but you know that it was really nice, the fish and chips. And you know, at the end of it, it was worth it. It yeah. was entertaining for the kids. Yeah. Everyone enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It wasn't the healthiest, but it was <laughs> it was good old traditional fish it's and good. chips. Yeah, I like my fish so, and chips every now and then. Yeah. What what what's going to give business owners, business leaders, confidence mm. regarding finance and the future? Yeah. Oh, you know, you'll notice I'm not answering immediately. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a really, it's a really important point. It is. You know, I'm one of the very few people who thought that much of what Liz Trust suggested was actually pretty sensible, because she was going for growth. She wasn't attacking inflation. She was going for growth, lower tax regime to improve business, to increase business, which, in and of itself, increases the tax take. Generally speaking, over time, we've seen that raising the tax level, which seems sensible and fair, you know, and I do understand it tends to be a left-wing idea on the whole to increase taxes, particularly for the higher earners, perfectly reasonable on paper. In practice, it tends not to work. It tends to actually have the opposite effect. The richer people leave, they go to a a low-tax regime somewhere else, Uh, people don't work so hard, blah, blah, you know. But if you re- reduce taxes, which is um, more of a, a tends to be a more right-wing view, um, paradoxically you get more because people do work harder. Yeah. The, the richer people stay, the businesses work harder, they they, they produce more, and therefore. When you say work harder, busy. what do you mean? Well, I don't mean really work harder. I think they they have more. They're more encouraged. Yeah. Because yeah. you know you were saying, what would it be? They get a sense be? of you know the, a dopamine hit. It's like yes, yeah, we get more it. here, so let's. Let's put more focus on it. Exactly, more enthusiastic. So, frankly, what I've heard, and I'm sure you have from small businesses, and and this is particularly those on high streets, is cut VAT, essentially cut tax, you know. So if you at least cut VAT, that would give them a big fillip. It would would give a boost. It would make them feel a bit more encouraged. um, And... You Does know, that, that mean on its own? But are you meaning to cut VAT? Don't. But if they don't charge the customers VAT, the prices remain the same. Or you think the prices stay the same? Don't charge VAT. The businesses get the uplift in profit margin. Well, yeah, it depends. It depends on competition. You know, if um, 
if if you say you're like the the fish and chip shop, yeah. if families like you are not going to come so much, if they brought the prices down, if their VAT was cut, then yeah. they could cut their prices. So then we could yeah. have you twice a yes. month rather than just once a month. You know that kind of thing. So yeah. I sus- I think it'd be a mix, but I think on the whole, prices would at least uh, for for some time um, come down a bit, a bit. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we've got to throw in the health as well. We're talking about the health from a financial perspective. I'm mm. talking about health from a physical perspective. Yeah. You know, going a couple of times a month, going... A, so you, we, we've got to talk in that. I mean, do... As an example, our fish and chip shops, are they responsible for it being healthy? Well, it's a good point. Um, you know, it depends. On, the thing is, if, if everything's expensive... You're not going to spend much on anything, but but if more things are cheaper, you know, if the fish and chip shops are cheaper, that's probably going to be the gyms that will be cheaper as yeah. well. My gym put their prices up because they said all oh, all our prices have gone up, and it's true. I know it's true. Um, so if their VAT was cut as well as you know the chip shops and the pubs and whatever, then we we have the choice. We can spend all the time in the pubs and the chip shops, or we can spend all our time and money in the gym. Up to us. Yeah, I was when I was driving the other day. I, I was thinking to myself just economics having an impact on society from a health mm. perspective if they made the healthier foods cheaper. a lot cheaper yeah. because if you mm-hmm. you know i was in i was in france last week in paris mm-hmm. and what, I, there was a melon in the shop i'm knocking in it a, a melon I mean, yeah. and they were given free tasters and it was beautiful tasting melon yeah it was nine euros <gasps> it's a lot that's nine euros yeah, it is amazing yes so, yeah, which is crazy. It I mean, is. it tends to be that the you know fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. they, they've they've gone up massively as well. They have, and so have eggs, bread, yeah. uh, pasta, those sort of things. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say about France because I, I, friends of mine in Paris and in South of France they all say that food in in London is cheaper than where they they are. How does that happen? This is something I do not understand. France, particularly, same with Italy. I've got friends in Rome who say, oh, it's much cheaper in London. You know, we think it's horrendously expensive. Well, that, that, that's a nice perspective, though, because the grass ain't greener anywhere else. No, no, this is, a, this is the thing. Now, we have a higher rate of inflation than the, the average yeah. um, across Europe, at least Western Europe, not Eastern Europe. Most of the Eastern yeah. European countries have much higher um, inflation rate. But the core basic price of food is is higher there and france particularly that's so wrong i mean they've got so much farming How? yeah it doesn't make sense well maybe they want to make a margin yeah maybe, <laughs> not, maybe. <laughs> uh, there you go so you know in terms of giving confidence i made a, f- a few notes here and i think i think you you can even in you know in this early part of the conversation we've had here manage your finances that will give you confidence because when you start talking about it, it was very logical. Mm. What's coming in? What's going out? Let's have a look at this. Also investing, mm-hmm. putting more focus on investing. What's going to give you more return? Mm-hmm. And that, that, that whole forecast thing is a confidence booster for people. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right because money money isn't the most important thing in life, of course. It's relationships and health. But I would say third is money. But what I always say is That's that really nice, by the way. You know, health, relationships. Which is, are they joint first? Yeah, I, I guess I'm, I mean, I put relationships first and then health because I think, again, health comes from thinking and, and well, relationships. You're up there with Dale Carnegie because he, oh. he wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, mm-hmm. early 1900s. And he basically said the key to success in life is not fame or fortune the key to success in life is deep real lasting relationships mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's success yeah and yeah. you know that that's that that's got a place in my heart i'll yes. read that book every year so health relationships, relationships maybe yeah. you're putting relationships up there well is that because we're more bothered about other people than ourselves do you think i think i think a sense of love and i mean real love um I actually mean spiritual love. Yes. I, I think it's our our relationship with God, having a, a sense of our relationship with God, um, universal divine love. Yeah. That is the number one. And once you have that, everything else falls into place, including the body. Um, and <clears throat> certainly if, if you want 
lasting, loving relationships with, with others and who doesn't really. It, it has to start with your sense of, of God, which gives you your sense of yourself. Spiritual, absolutely. Um, uh, and I've had this all my life. You know, I've, I've been learning this all my life. Um, and that, that informs your relationships with others, which informs your, your health and what well-being. Are the, what are some of the biggest learning points you've had on that subject then? Oh, gosh. Do you know, there have been quite a few. Quite a few. I'm trying to think of the biggest... Because honestly, it's an ongoing, it's a daily thing. Yeah. It really is a daily thing. Um, and and what I'm learning um, is more than daily, it's, it's moment by moment. Um, Interesting. Getting, yes, growing one's sense of God, God's presence. And when I say God, I mean love, divine, infinite divine love. Inf- the one mind, infinite mind, soul, spirit, the one life, truth. Um, and the, as one sort of keeps turning away, and it's sometimes, you know, you have to kind of force yourself because one is so hypnotized and, if you like, magnetized by what, what's sort of going on, what seems to be going on materially, humanly, um, much of which is pretty unpleasant uh, much of the time, to turn away from that, keep turning to, to God and listening to God. Then in that sort of moment by moment thing and i'd love to be able to say that i do it all the time of course i don't but you know more and more as you do it um it becomes more natural and it it becomes more where you really live you know in in real terms yeah i i I like i like a number of things that you've said there so like becoming spiritually um enlightened whatever you want to say it can improve day by day Mm -hmm. but then you said moment by moment yeah and I think what happens then is you begin to accept things on a on a different plane. Mm-hmm. Yes. Know? And I think there's I think this originally came from Mother Teresa. The only pain in life is resisting what is. <laughs> and you know, for example, my finances are in a terrible way. But yeah, if you if I'm connected spiritually and I've got the sense of calmness about myself, mm-hmm. I can accept that and deal with it in a different way. Yes, yes, you can. And what, what you also find, um, and, and I've certainly had that, this experience a number of times in my life, um, is that um, uh, sources of income and sources of supply, which is a different thing from money, supply, you know, is yeah. getting what you need, which can come in all sorts of ways, um, they start to open up and flow. Um, I certainly, I found that a few times. I've always been freelance, never had a job, nasty things, jobs, blah, no. Um, I've always so you've been, always had a guaranteed salary of zero. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's a really neat way of looking at it, by that's, the way. It is, that's a very good one, you yes. said earlier on, yeah. the first thing you did was stop mm-hmm. spending, mm-hmm. and the second yeah. thing you went, I focus on my seven days a week. Yeah, absolutely, went for it. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did. On a guaranteed Salary of zero. Yes, yes, exactly. Which is all of the entrepreneurs, the business owners listening right now, exactly the same as that. Yeah, it, it is. And stop wasting money. Yeah. Start putting your start doing what you're good at to make more money. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. And and also, what I started to learn is that good good is real, and this is it's quite a it's a sort of seismic shift in, in the way most of us think. Most of us think there's a little bit of good um, and, and it's a limited amount and we all basically have to fight to get our mm. little bit of that good, a little bit. And what I was learning is that good, well, good is another word for God. You know, I've talked about God already, but it, it genuinely is. It's, you know, the Saxon word um, for, for God is good. It's where we get it from. Um, and, and that that is literally infinite it really is infinite and it's infinite and available to everybody so that includes me that's a good confidence boost though it is isn't it so you're starting from substance you're you're not starting from nothing you're not starting from that's emotional substance though isn't it yeah i think it is well it it does give you emotional but it it's based on reality um i mean you can kind of try and convince yourself of it but unless you really accept the the truth of it it's not really going to work, but once you accept the truth of it, um, you know, which is all the way through the Bible, for example, um, then then you actually get a genuine internal sense of the substance, the the 
solid substance of good. So that's where you're starting from, that there is good. It's for me, it's for you, it's for you, it's for you, it's for everybody. And therefore, let's, let's just be quiet and, um, and, and grateful. I'm sure you've heard that one as well. Um, and let's see what comes. And when I've done that, it's amazing what what comes along really is things open up it's like it's it sometimes like a flood yes it attracts yeah. more good things back it does is it kind of karma that i guess it is a bit like karma isn't it yeah well do you know mary Portis? yeah i know of her i don't know her but yes yeah so we interviewed her mm-hmm. um, not long ago actually and um remarkable lady mm-hmm. and you know one of the big takeaways were you better be a good person first because if you're not, you'll be found out right now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, good you know, for her. And she thinks that even in business, you know, that yeah. it's that way inclined, you know, with media the way it is. So mm-hmm. you've got to be a, a good, genuine human being True. at the yeah. centre of everything. So you've wrote a few books, haven't you? Yes. Yes, I've written 38. Yeah. A lot of them are small, though. This is the thing. If you want to write lots of books... Make them about that size, which yeah, is why... Yeah, where, where people <laughs> can do this. Yes, exactly. Lots of Basically, I, I used to be the little book queen. I, I All these little joke books. Um, my bestseller, which did get into a Times bestseller list, is about this Sunday sort of Times. size. Yes, yeah, Sunday Times bestseller. It's about that size. And it's just got, you know, uh, offensive... Not rude jokes, just... Um, it's called a little book of abuse. Okay. So it just has comebacks you know yeah. sort of um the sort of thing so that's that a sunday times bestseller that's, yeah. is that your favorite one or is that the best it's my favorite in that i i earned more the most money from it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually and by seller. the way money yes. is the third most important thing you heard it here today <laughs> health and yeah. relationships you choose the order money is third yeah except yeah. that is money third for everybody no not for everybody but but it's you know it's one of those things that why it's, not for everybody well not everybody it depends how much you you need to, to do with it. Some people manage to be paid for, you know. Uh, the, but we've but, got to also accept that it's part of the way of the world. Yes, it is. And it needs to be put in its place. And I'm glad you said that because, again, another thing that I say in my, my talks is that money needs to be where this chair is. It needs to be supporting your way of life. It should make me sit with a good posture. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it mustn't be something that you're running after, you know, forward. And it mustn't be something that's behind you, scaring you, worrying about this. It should be, you know, underneath you. It should be put in its place. Because as you say, it's it's the way of the world. It's something that you just need, like food. Food is stuff we have to eat, you know, to keep yourself going. Money stuff you have to have to, you know, make the oils of commerce, you know, just, just to get this, that and the other. So it should be put there. And once it's been put there, then you can go and think about other things and just, just have your life. But I often actually do connect it with food because, you know, with eating, you don't have to be a qualified nutritionist to eat healthily. You just need to get some bit of a knowledge, you know, the, the food groups. It's not a good idea to have too much well, fat and sugar, I don't know. I think most people are educated. I think discipline's half of, half yes. the, you know, and yeah. comfort and, exactly. you know, sugar, all this addiction that people Money, go, that same thing with money. You yeah. Because we go, oh, I'm worth it. Feeling a bit down, so I thought I'd go and spend money. Yeah. That makes you worse, you know. Same with eating sugar, you know, lots of sugar. Bit of a high, bit yeah, of a low. You're killing me. You're hitting me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, um, a book called Happy Money by Ken Honda. Oh, right, yes. And fantastic book. Yeah. And it really does talk about your rela- your personal relationship mm-hmm. with money. Mm-hmm. And there's there's the classics of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I'm yeah, sure you've come across. Yes, yes. Sharon Lecter, she talks, about, she talks about wealth creation. So do you ever ask people that, what is your relationship with money like? Or is it too wide of a question? Yeah, probably is. I, I don't ask that, but it's it's a good question. How, whether people would be able to answer it is another thing, but at least it would get them thinking. You know, are you, I probably would need to say, are you afraid of it? Are you happy with it? What about is it something you bother about? Describe you know? your relationship with money. Would yeah. that would that channel someone? It might do. That's a good one. I'll I'll ask my readers. Go go on then. What's your relationship with money? Do you know? Do you have? An idea. Well, let's ask you now. What's your relationship with money? Describe yours. Yeah, I think um, mm, utilitarian. Um, I see it as a, a useful thing. Um, Interesting. Yes, utilitarian primarily 
it's not something that makes me happy, but it is something that makes me content in a degree, in a degree. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, as I say, I like to, I like to have it here sort of supportive. I like to have it supportive. Um, but it's not something that I find especially interesting. Uh, I do, I think it's, I have a utilitarian view. So you think, okay, it need, you go there, you go there, you go there. Okay, have I got some surplus? Right, get rid of that. Give that to that person. Give that yeah. to that person. Um, and, oh, it's, it's gone down a bit. Right, stick it up a bit. Right, fine. And then go and think about something more interesting instead. <laughs> so did that question work for you then to understand it on a deeper level? Yeah, I, mean, I guess it did in a way. Yes. It but would but be, let's remember, yeah. we're preaching to the converted here. You're, <laughs> you're the queen of this. <laughs> yeah. Queen of cash. <laughs> queen of cash. Have you been called that a number yes, of times? Is that your nickname? Yes. One of them. Right. Let's talk about these 38 books. Mm -hmm. How to make money from your talent. That's a nice one. That's not mine, but it's a, it's a good idea. But how do you do that? Okay. It... Yes, interesting. Now we got into another whole other subject here. Now we're back to freelancing. We're both back to, to running your own business. Yeah. And actually, one of the workshops that I do, I haven't done it recently, but um, I used to do it quite a lot. Is how to be your own brand. And this is comes from my own experience as as a freelancer, then small business person, um, CEO, etc. Because um, very early on, I've I've been a freelance journalist all of what I laughingly call my career, um, as well as doing all sorts of other stuff, being a comedian, doing actress, writing. What was that like, being a comedian? Oh, it's like gladiatorial combat without the armour. They reckon it's one of the most mentally challenging things to ever do. Yeah, uh, it's really good experience, really good training. I mean, once you've done stand-up, live audience going... Easy. Anything else. I, I can do live television, like whatever. You know, as long as I know what I'm talking about. If I don't know, then that's a bit of a worry. But if I do know what I'm talking about, not bothered at all. I've done acting. You know, been in a, in a acting troupe, um, doing plays. You know, comedy plays and whatever. Not a problem because you've got other people on on the, the stage with you. You know, you're not on your own. Doing stand up. Yeah, it's like gladiatorial combat without the armor, and and it's really good training for life. <laughs> Has that, has that made you part of who you are today? Yes, I think so. I think It's made me more fluent, I think. Um, it's it's given me some strength. Did that help you get onto TV? Um, yes and no. I, I would say, yeah, in a, in a way it did because um, I, I was doing TV at the time anyway just as a news reporter. Um, did you get trained in that? No, no. You have to, I, you learn, I learn it, you learn it on the job. Yeah, really. you do, yeah. And, and stand-up did help me become more fluent and less sort of, sort of stiff and do it, speaking like this into the camera, you know. Do they teach you the sort of BBC hands at this no, level type thing? they you know? just go and do it, you know. And maybe yeah. some people might, might get trained. I don't know, I never did. You know, you just sort of, yeah, trial and error, basically, which is what comedy is, largely. You can go and do stand-up training. Is that what life training. is? Yeah, but yeah. It's a, it's a bit more scientific when you start to do your forecasts. Yes. And decide yes. where you want to invest. That whole decision-making piece, this, what I'm getting from this is it, it's super crucial for business mm. leaders right now. Yes. To make informed decisions around finances. Yes, because particularly, as you say, if you do your forecast, and if you do it really honestly with yourself and that's that's one of the hard things i find because I, I think oh yes we'll sell loads of yes it'll be fine and you know really inside that it's not going to be i think at this stage you might be able to cut out quite a lot of pain by going this isn't going to work people are literally not spending on whatever it is that i produce they they really aren't and they're going to spend even less going forward right. let's put a line draw a line under it and go in another direction now what what are some of the biggest financial mistakes that you see people making? Well, I only have to look at my own um, experience. Um, to, do you talk about personal experience or, or, or in their businesses? Personal? Either or. Oh, right. Either or. Whichever spring to mind. Um, well, one of the biggest ones, I think, is borrowing and not realising how much it's going to cost to pay it back. Um, and and I, one thing I, I am surprised, and I'm, that's obviously for, for people, yeah. personalities, but I very much see it in, in business and small business. And f for years now, 
Um, it's almost like the first thing, when you see government advice, you know, stuff on gov.uk or all sorts of advice for setting up a small business, practically the first thing they say is how to get funding. And I, I don't like that. I, I like the idea of a lean startup best because the moment you get funding, unless it's literally given to you, unless it's a, a grant, and that's, in my view, the only sort of you know funding to get, it, you've, you've already burdened yourself. You've got a loan... And then you're going to have to pay interest on that loan. That's that's some people. Some people are pretty skilled at investing wisely, aren't they? And you know, turning that that borrowed money, never putting anything down, True. and using someone else's money to make more money. Yeah, yeah, and that's basically what they say about it. You know, investing in property, using yeah, yeah borrowed in, money to to the leverage safest basically. way. Yeah, mm -hmm, absolutely. And so, if you are clever like that, and you can see an absolute surefire say your business is investing in property running and you just you know you've got an hmo um, home multiple occupancy um that is currently netting 11 percent, and you know you could get it when you've already got a mortgage for two and a half percent well yeah kind of that that does absolutely make sense but if you're not 100 percent sure and when you start off a business frankly honestly you're not you're you know not. it's like well you know, business is a game of risk yeah? it is absolutely. it's about calculated risk not yes, risk. yes and quite often and this is another um, mistake I see in small businesses. People set up businesses in things that they like, not necessarily what customers want. Yeah. You know, so I remember, um, say, 10 years ago, I, I used to do um, workshops. You know, I was talking about how to be your own brand, how to set up your own business. And I'd have a, every time I did it, I'd have three or four women. It was always women who were saying, I want to do Reiki. And... I didn't know anybody who wanted Reiki done on them. I knew lots of people who wanted to do, have a Reiki mm. practice, but hardly anyone who actually wanted it yeah. done to it. So, you know, immediately there's, there's a bit of an issue there. Um, so that, I would say, is, is one of the big problems for, for new businesses um, setting up. Why, really. do you, why do people make these mistakes then of, of taking on money without realising what mm. they're going to be paying back or setting up the wrong... Or, or setting up a business where it's because it's what they like, not mm. what people want. Yeah. Why do people make those mistakes? Well, I think, firstly, it's ignorance. We're, we're not taught, you know, money. Ignoring risks. Yes, ignoring risks. That's a good one. But ignorance of, literally ignorance of, of interest and borrowing and compound interest and what that is. Even, you know, smart business people. What's the cost know. of making these mistakes? Because it's not just material cost is it no that's true bankruptcy could be you know but you can you can really lose a lot you can lose your relationships if you people i'm amazed at people who put you know they get a mortgage on their home to set up a business and that's putting the roof over your head at quite a lot of risk and, and if that that risk goes bad you've lost your home and quite often your relationship as well so yeah that's that can be a problem and, you know when you put it like that it is it is seriously important thing in life yeah, isn't it yeah what's the key to the people's financial situation then um well the, you mean to the key to, to making it better yeah 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 that's what everyone wants who's listening right now what's oh. the key to making their financial situation better well you know i can put in one sentence how to become rich and fabulous well obviously we're all fabulous already but um it's basically but, but we're not all rich and fabulous <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> You'd hope so. But to, to basically, the, the long-term path to riches is to spend less than you earn and invest what's left over and just keep doing that. Boring, straightforward, every month, probably automating, you know, setting up a standing order from your bank account into savings and ideally investments. Savings are short-term, investments are long-term. And just being that boring, just every month, money going in, money going in. Spend less than you earn, yeah. invest the rest. It's not hard. And the thing is, over time, and I'm talking you know, over a few years, after, after five years, you can look at it and think, ooh, look, <laughs> I've got quite a lot of money. How did that happen? And, and it's just your, your standing orders. And particularly if you do it, you spread, spread your money, your investments, and this is one of the number one rules for investing spread your bets always spread it into different things you know um, stocks and shares pension maybe some property maybe yeah. some gold whatever you know a mix of things yeah. 
and over time it just accrues quietly you know on the side and um, and that's that's how it's done i interviewed karen brady once and, and she mentioned uh, she, she was talking about ambition yeah and i you know and i asked do you, do you have to be ambitious to be successful oh, yeah. and and she says you know what not straight away she says it can creep up on you Actually, things can happen day by day, moment mm-hmm. by moment, mm-hmm. like you said earlier on. And ambition can creep up on you. And that feeling I just got from you there mm-hmm. is, you know, spend less than you earn, invest the rest, and your wealth can creep up on you. Yes, it, it really can. You know, debt can really creep up on you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's interesting, isn't it, to look is at that it? and it hit me again. Yes, <laughs> that really can. But once you've got a handle on things... And, and, you know, as you said, it, it, money is important. So once you've got control over your money, you're halfway to becoming control of much of your life, really. But once you've got your handle on that, you're not spending stupid money, you've paid off your debts, and that what you've learned in paying off your debts, you've realised, oh, I can live on less, I really can, I don't have to spend all this money. So that money that you were putting into your debts, you just put quietly into savings. And you don't make a big deal of it, either to yourself or to anybody else. Um, and quietly, imperceptibly, quite often, it just accrues. It just builds up. And then one day you go, oh, no, I've got a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. That happened. <laughs> that was so nice. That was so nice. Once you control your money, you're kind of halfway to controlling your life. Yeah. That was a bit of a blasé point that you made, mm-hmm. but it was really powerful emotionally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're talking about rich, richness. And let's come back to the Mary Portis uh, mm. comment that I made earlier on. I think becoming rich in every sense of the word, mm. I mean, becoming a good person, not yes. just... There was a gentleman who, who wrote a book called The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Oh, yes. T. Yes. Harbecker, Yes, called. I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind and, you know, how to attract that millionaire, which is mm-hmm. the classic richness, isn't yeah. it? Um, but he does say in that book, money is not... Motivator, it's an amplifier. If mm. if you're motivated by becoming more hungry and powerful, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the more money you get, the more hungry and powerful you yeah. want to become. Yeah. But if yeah. you're motivated by being a good person mm-hmm. and giving out to other people, you know, and giving is the best gift in the yeah, world. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're motivated by that, the more money you earn, the more good you want to do in the mm-hmm, world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, did you ever read that book, um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill? No, no, I, I, I never, I don't think I've read any um, of these books. I've read my own, but yeah. <laughs> I, I often find with these, essentially, these are self-help books, really. You know, well, that, these yes. are, this is a real old, like yes. 1937, Think and Grow Rich. Yes, yes, absolutely. And and a lot, of, I've, I've read, you know, the quotes of his, and, yeah. you know, bits and pieces, and I think, yep, absolutely. Um, and... But with self-help books, I tend to read the the title and maybe the preface and think, yeah. right, I've got that. On to the next. <laughs> it's usually, you right. know, one fundamental idea. Um, and I, I, I do agree. You know, it's like we were saying earlier. There are rich people who feel poor, and there are poor people who feel rich. There literally are. Just a friend of mine who used to be a banker said that a couple of days ago to me. Um, she's dealt with rich people who feel poor and poor people who feel rich. Um, and one thing that, that I wanted to do with my website, moneymagpie.com, um, is to, to cover all types of riches. In fact, we, our strapline is for a richer life, purposely, because it's not, you know, it, it sounds all sort of goody-goody, but it genuinely is, is the case that um, rich is a state of mind. Um, and um there are there are as you say much better ways of being and feeling rich than having lots of money in the bank i i do honestly look at some of these billionaires i mean there are some that we we know their names so well and and i feel sorry for them there's something a little bit wrong with them um and you can see them eyeing each other um and you you see this with with oligarchs it's like who's got the biggest yacht there's always going to be somebody else who has a bigger yacht than you there's always going to be somebody else who's got more money however many billions you've got and so i I do think that um chinese proverb that um uh, poverty is needing more is so true because you literally could be a billionaire and you're going oh he's got another billion Hmm, don't feel i don't feel so rich now because i've seen that other person you know 
It really is a state of mind. There you go. It is a state of mind. Mm. The rich can feel poor and the poor can feel rich. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to be careful of comparing your lowlights with people's highlights. That's a form of self-sabotage, yeah? True, true, yes. Because we all know what's bad about us. Yes. And it's easy to look at someone else and, oh, that. Life's so good. Yes, absolutely. Is it is yeah. it always like that? I think so. I, I mean, you know, it's Shakespeare said comparisons are odorous, um, and and it's true. And as soon as you start to compare, then you you're always going to see somebody who's got I don't know better family life. It looks from the outside more money. It looks from the outside. We never know what's really going on in in that person's heart and soul you know they could be in in a terrible state and we don't know um so that's one thing to remember but the other thing is just to, to keep keep your nose out really and just work on yourself <laughs> i think keep your nose out and work on yourself yes i think so i mean I, what I, is working on yourself um well i think we're back to spirituality honestly you know that's the highest form of self that you can work on. I think so. I, I really do I think agree so. with you. I mean, yeah. I've, I've read the books in, in, that, in that area as yes. well. I've had the right people around me. It, yeah, it, it really is. And, and it's the simple stuff. It's the simple stuff like um, being more generous, not just with money, but with your, yourself, with, you, you, you know, time, time exactly. And, and, you know, your tolerance. And love. More kindness, just more basic... I am amazed, abs- I mean, I live in London, but I'm amazed at how many people don't smile, just as a norm. It costs nothing. Smiling costs nothing, you know. Um, and just you go into a shop, you smile. Um, you go into anywhere, you go on in a restaurant, you smile at people. Why wouldn't you? Why are you, wouldn't are you? you the dream customer for people? When you're well, working? apparently... I. Uh, there was um, I, I used to be one of those awful people who would spend half, you know, half the day in a cafe, you know, sort of just working on, on stuff. And I got to know some of the waitresses and, and the manager of this particular cafe that I liked. And the manager said to me, do you know, you're the only person who comes in here and smiles. And that's hundreds of people in and out. And I, you know, it's nothing special about me. I'm like, what's the matter with everybody else? It. It makes people feel good, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And it doesn't cost anything, you know. And, and and look how much you get back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, look, bit of sunshine. And it's nice if, if you meet, you just go past a stranger in the street and they smile at each other. It, it's, it's, a little, it's a little something. And it hasn't cost either of you anything. Um, just it, it sort of maybe cost you a little bit of less self or something like that i don't know what it is but you know it's it's not a lot <laughs> a smile costs nothing and gives everything yeah, so, yeah. all right so i've got some quick questions mm-hmm. for you here to, um what's your favorite book um oh good. favorite novel or favorite book you can give me one of each if you want okay so with well obviously the bible um and Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. So it's all Bible-based. My favourite novel would be Middlemarch, George Eliot. And your favourite movie? <gasps> Some Like It Hot. Some Like It Hot. Mm. It sounds interesting. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it's a classic. It's a classic. It's got Tony Curtis and um, Jack Lemmon and, and Marilyn why, Monroe. Why do, oh, there you go. It's very funny. Why do, why do you love it so much? Because it's, it's fast, it's funny, um, it has some great lines. It's got some good music in it. Um, and it's one of those escapist movies, you know. It, it would either, I, I have a few, you know, on, on my list, but it's usually some like it hot. Maybe lo- local hero. Um, comedies tend to be um, in my, my top ten. There we go. Mm. Uh, if you could have a superpower, yeah. what would it be? Um, probably reading other people's thoughts. Reading other people's mm. thoughts. Yeah, yeah, good one. And what's your favourite holiday destination? Oh, Barcelona. Why, why, why? I love Barcelona. It's got everything you'd want, really. It's got um, sea, it's got nice hills, it's got lovely culture, it's got yeah. fantastic architecture, really good food. Yeah. I love being there, yeah. What's the, um, the famous uh, church, yes, Gaudi? The, uh, yes, the Gaudi one, La Sagrada Familia. Yeah, that's right, yes. yeah. yeah. That is right. Are you an early bird or night owl? Oh, I'm really a night owl, but I'm trying to be an early bird. I'm really trying to be. <laughs> I, ask, I ask everyone that question, and most people are night owls. Oh. It's winning. Isn't that funny? Isn't that it f- is, yeah. There's a myth that, you know, early birds in, in business. Are, yes. You know, but there you go. Yeah. 
If you could have one day in someone else's life, who would you choose? Living or... Living or past or present? Oh, um, gosh, how interesting. You see, the obvious answer is, you know, one of the, the Bible characters, but um, that's too obvious. So I'm going to say Abraham Lincoln. Oh, why did you choose Abraham I'm Lincoln? I'm a huge fan of Abraham Lincoln. I, I think he is the, the model of govern, uh, somebody in government. So uh, give, he, give us Abraham Lincoln's top five character traits. Um, faith, humility. Um, I, I want to say forgiveness in, in a way because you know there was there yeah. was that one guy. Understanding. Yes, forgiveness. Um, I, I think determination. I think every yeah. yeah you have to have determination. And he was a good speaker. Yes, yes, an orator. He he was he was, but. It was because he, he lived from the heart. And I think that's why he struggled with things like depression, etc., because he lived from the heart. So let's just, let me summarize this. Mm. This is really interesting. Faith, humility, forgiveness, determination, and living from the heart. Mm. What you see as the strong <laughs> character traits. Yeah, yeah. You do all them. I, I, I hope I, so. I'm, I'm picking up all them from you. Are you? Oh, are you? Oh, good, I'm good. Sure. Yes, because I'm never terribly sure, but, you know, working on it. All right, there you go. <laughs> Um, so who've been the three biggest trusted advisors in your life? Um, obviously my mother, I say, obviously it's not for everybody, but certainly my mother, um, from the start, my mother was determined that I would, as she always put it, reach my potential. Same with my brother, you know, there was just myself and my brother. She wants us to reach our potential and she particularly wants us to be confident. She wanted me to be confident because she didn't feel that she was. And you, you are confident from what I'm saying. Yes. Um, what I, I, I learned so many things from her, including the fact that everybody needs a bit of help. You know, this idea of being a self-made man, self-made woman, that's utter nonsense. Nobody, nobody has that. There's, there's always some other people, quite often quite a few people, you know, helping yeah. you here, helping you there and everything. And, and I realized from the start, from, from what my mum used to say about her experience, that everybody needs a bit of encouragement, a bit of something. Or, or, but quite often it's just encouragement, really. Um, so there's her. Um, well, no one's ever come up to me and said, "James, the reason I failed is because I got encouraged too much." Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> I said that a number of times. Sorry. I copied that. I got it off someone who, uh, someone who wrote a book. Actually. Yes, Paul McGee. Oh Paul right, McGee. yes. No, it's it's yeah. very true. Um, and then there's um, uh, a friend of mine, Tom, who's not with us anymore. Um, I would I would put him down. Um, Tom, Tom was a, a, was a full-time healer, actually, spiritual healer. Right. Um, and I got a lot of... Actually, um, one particular time when um, I, I learnt the reality of good, that was through him, and I had all kinds of work coming through, all kinds of opportunities at that point. So that was... He was very, very helpful. He attracted more to you. Yes, there yes, you yes. And he was a big fan of um, Abraham Lincoln as well, actually. Um, and... Um, who else? Oh, it's hard to tell, really. Um, I tell you, actually, um, and he'll enjoy this. Um, I think um, I have I have one employee um, who I, he's I call him my everything, um, and he started with me as um, an intern, and I realised within a couple of weeks that this is this is a special kind of person. So I immediately gave him a job, and he now runs basically runs MoneyMagpie.com for me. He's been with me nine years. Um, so Mark, I would say he's made a big difference to my business life yeah. just by being his good self. And if the listeners, if you could recommend the first thing to do for the listeners, having listened and watched this podcast, what what would it be? In life or in business or in what? For the personal finances. For your personal finances, I would face the tiger. Just stop. Do what I did. Stop. If you haven't done this for a while, stop. Just have a look at what you've got, what's coming in, what's going out. As you say, it's your forecast, your your financial forecast. Do a financial forecast. Um, Face it. If it's a bit unpleasant, Face it even more. Maybe get a friend, a nice friend or, or a your family member in to hold your hand while you do it. But just take a, an audit of where you're at with your money. Um, and you might, in fact, you, I would guarantee you pretty much, you'll find 
areas where you're actually wasting money. You might even find that you've got a gym membership that you never use or, you know, something you're spending ridiculous amounts of money on car insurance. And you think, what? I could have been spending less on it. You know, just do that. And, and I, I can pretty much guarantee that if you have a look at all your stuff, your, your outgoings, your, your insurances and your, you know, gas electricity and whatever, or have a look at what you're, you're spending on, on loans and things, you will, I'm sure, make some money because you'll go, oh, I'm not going to do that. And Oh, I haven't put much into my pension recently. You know, move things around a bit. Just do an audit for, yeah, spend an hour, two hours, and you'll make some money. By the way, do you call it that, or did you just make that up on the spot? It's time to face the tiger. Yes, I do say that. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that, that is, I'm going to start using that from. Oh, good, down. you do that. Yes, and I'll, yeah. I will credit you every time I use it. It's time to <laughs> face you. the tiger from Jasmine Bertel. Right, and you know what my favorite part of today is. Spend less than you earn mm. and invest the rest. Yeah. It's not hard, is it? What's been your favourite part of this discussion? Um, talking about good, the reality of good. It's always good to remind oneself. <laughs> Jasmine Burles, thank you very much. Thank you so much.